Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. You ever heard of the 33300? It was, you know, it's like it's like value-added service or shit, stuff like that. It was a corporate mumbo-jumbo jargon that people were throwing around in the lighting business. It's like, we're going from 3 to 30 to 300. And, you know, when, Cole, when, the, when the pandemic came along, uh, everybody just stopped talking about that. And then Peter Brown emailed me. He said, I got, I got a little hot topic for you. You know what he said, Greg? And you're going to hear more about it in a minute. But he gave me a unique perspective on it that we don't really want to share in the intro, do we? Peter, that's what you listen for. Yeah. So, before we listen, or before, while we're listening, I would always remember the original. The original. Energy Focus, baby. That's energyfocus.com, and they have come out hot. This is one of the greatest products that I've seen. You know what, man? Since a CFL Par 38. I remember when I Ooh. saw a CFL Par 38, I thought, man, that's an awesome lamp. This is going yeah. back to 2006 or something like that. But man, this end focus stuff, this is focused. This is original. This is amazing product because it addresses all, it gives, democratizes all those applications out there where you thought, man, I got to change the whole fixture. And again, no, nah, man, all you got to do is relamp it. With those N Focus T8 lamps, Greg. That's right. They're dimmable and color tuning in the lamp. So, you know, right now you have to buy, most everybody else, you have to buy a fixture. And that fixture is expensive, you know, number one to buy and then to replace and then to commission and then to do all everything else you need with it. And then, you know what I thought about the other day? I have a couple in my office right now. I think they were $300 a piece for a two by four color changing, you know, something like something unrealistic that. Not everybody's going to pay for. They might have been even more. And that's cost I'm talking to me. I, now true. I got to go sell that thing. So what's going to happen to me in five years if that thing burns out? I got to replace the driver. You know how much the driver is probably going to cost in that? $700. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be way out there, right? What happens with N-Focus? Number, number one is you don't have a driver. It's in the tube itself. And the tubes are affordable. So down the line, if anybody ever worries about when those tubes are going to burn out, what happens? Switch the two, buddy. Look, That's James, it. James, too, has the best philosophy, I think, when it comes to all this. He's combining the fact that he doesn't want to waste anything at Energy Focus. You want to keep the existing infrastructure. You don't want to make garbage. And you want your components to be replaceable in known mechanical forms. No mechanical mm -hmm. form factors, right? That's, you just got to go to end focus. This is why they kicked the door down at Nailed. They had to be members. They wanted to be members of Nailed. They wanted to be in with us. So you know what? Check out nail.org. But man, this end focus product is a hot one. And you know what? It works. And worst case scenario, Greg, you just put in another T8 tube. Like you don't exactly. like you don't have to monk around, man. But for right mm -hmm. now, we have Peter Brown and he's got a message for you that I think is worth listening to. Welcome back, Peter Brown. Hey, Mr. Colgan, how are you? Doing well. Say hi to Greg Eric. Hi, Greg. Hi again for the third or fourth or fifth. I don't know how many times it is now, but thanks for coming yeah. back. He's a friend of the show now. <laughs> hey. That's right. So, uh, Peter, tell me, you, you emailed, uh, you text messaged me, you had something hot for the Get a Grip on Lighting guys. What is it? Um, you know, sometimes you kind of go along and things uh, percolate along and all of a sudden a couple of things seem to happen. And I think COVID-19 may be a certainly uh, a tipping point 
for uh, network lighting controls. And what I mean by that is um, everybody struggled to come up with a way to monetize a lot of the non-energy benefits for a lot of this stuff. And there's been success with, you know, asset tracking, um, uh, space utilization. Uh, but all of a sudden, along comes COVID, and we have a situation where you're looking at potentially trying to figure out how to get people back into offices, if they may even want to go back in the offices, or they may be more productive at staying at home, whatever it is. Um, and there's a couple of folks out there that have that have basically figured out how to um, get their sensor systems to go from basically uh, just doing spatialization to actually identifying individuals. So the scenario is that you come into a building, you're given an ID badge, which HR has your name on it, nobody else. And uh, a week from now, Peter Brown comes down with the virus. And the system enables um, HR to go back for the last five, seven, eight days, whatever, and see who came within 10 feet of Peter Brown over that time frame. So if that's enough to get people to feel comfortable and safe and, and whatever, um, you're going from maybe a 30% occupancy rate to 60%, 80%. And so all of a sudden, the value of that system, and a couple of folks are uh, in the process of signing up some large entities to do this. Basically, you don't even have an ROI. I mean, what is it? it it's, it's a future ROI. You, you don't know how many people may or may not uh, get the bug. Uh, get the virus in a month, or, you know, whatever. And but the value is there to the point where instead of looking at all this from the old three thirty three hundred ratio, you're looking at it from three hundred thirty and three. And because of that, potentially half of these systems going in in the future may not involve the lighting system. Well. Peter the Brown. reason why is they want to get it up as quickly as they can. You're talking about millions of square feet, and it's a lot quicker just to run the sensors and power the sensors as a totally separate system. And, it, you know, you, you can still do it with lighting, but uh, it, it's just it potentially is that paradigm shift. So episode 20 of the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast is called Entering the Matrix. Okay. <laughs> So I've been yep. describing the matrix to people for a long time. And it was a meme on our show forever. And then it kind of faded away after a bit because people got sick of it. Okay. But now, guess what, Greg? We're back. The matrix is back, buddy. <laughs> the ones and the zeros. So what you said there is that um, COVID-19 marks an epoch. And the changing of the epoch reverses the three thirty three hundred rule, um, and people will be safer. I actually find your scenario scarier. I'd rather get COVID nineteen, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I, I saw a fascinating uh, sort of three scenario. One was 
uh, wear the mask. Number two, uh, you know, get an ID that says you've been vaccinated. Number three is have a chip that says you're fine. So where, where do you go? That's, I mean, that's basically what you're saying. Well, I mean, no, I mean, what we're talking about is the, um, so there, there's fallout, right? So we're talking about the fallout, right? Um, you know, I, you know, people, listen, whether you think, whether you're a Convidian or a Covidian, okay, whichever part of the ledger you fall in from an intellectual perspective, the, the sheep are definitely afraid. Um, the people that, are, you know, that, um, who aren't that interested in what happens in the world. And maybe they coach basketball on Sunday and they go to church after they go for basketball after church and they go out for dinner on Wednesday night to their local diner. Um, a lot of those people are afraid whether you like it or not, whether you think it's justified or not. And so when it comes from the lighting industry perspective, matrix and joking aside, if people come along and they say, we want contract tracing, to be a real thing in Mall of America or, you know, uh, Fresh Eddie's Diner or whatever it is you're talking about. And that we can make that a reality. And that makes the, the, the sheeple feel, and I'm being facetious on purpose. If that mm -hmm. makes people feel better, uh, as ridiculous as it sounds, uh, if that makes them feel safer about entering a space and they turn to premier lighting in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and they say, Hey, what do you got? Uh, you doing it, Greg? Am I doing it? Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody wants it and it makes sense, that's what I get. Peter, that's what I always like to figure out is, okay, we're talking broad picture here. Now you're saying we're at the tipping point where network lighting controls is, is making, it's going to take off or potentially take off because of this. Is this an, do you see it, foresee it in, you said half the applications? Do you see it in every application at some point? Where, well, where exactly do you see this market? Well, let's go back. I mean, 60 days from now, the virus could be dead and all this blows over and, you know, it just goes back to the way it was. Depends or, on what you consider the, the virus to be. Mm -hmm. Right, like whether the virus is the pathogen that came out of a Wuhan lab in China or, or whatever came out of China, some wet market in China, or whether the virus is the fear and panic created. Um, it depends on which virus you're talking about. Well, both, of them, both of them are contagious. Yeah. <laughs> Combinations of both. Okay. The main thing is, to, 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 to your point, Greg, is... Um, there's just so many unknowns. And so what somebody's decided to do is say, look, I, it's too much of a risk that it may or may not be here in three months. We need these people back in these buildings now as soon as we can. And we're willing to spend the money. And obviously, they're doing other things as well, not just this. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you really extrapolate that 300 per square foot number, and, and that's just the cost let alone the revenue that's generated by those people. So you throw that in the mix and this is peanuts as far as the cost to do it. Uh, but the fact that, you know, we're so used to having an ROI. Uh, and, and so I, the other part of all this I find fascinating I, I, is. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
the, I no no hang on a second here. I get what you're saying. Hang on. I just yeah. want to let me just reformulate it back at you and see if you agree. When everything was three thirty three hundred, it was taken for granted that the shoppers would be in the mall. And now that the shoppers are not in the mall, now that 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 for granted statement is is off the table, the workers are not in the office. So mm-hmm. we take, for example, that <laughs> the, the commercial real estate is now empty, right? That was never on the table in the 330-300 scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Now what you're saying is like, hey, if you don't address this, the, 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 the people that you were referring to as the 300 are not even going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that's how it gets yeah, inverted. Yeah. That's how you invert yeah. that. Huh. Exactly. So the other part is that just the lighting industry has responded to this by coming up with UV lighting. The IT part of the lighting industry, network lighting and whatever, has responded by coming up with contact tracing. It just depends on your mindset, where you're coming from. And you probably wind up having both, but it's just it's it's intriguing to see what people look to do. as far as just how they respond to a crisis, an opportunity, whatever you want to call it. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see. And typically, network lighting controls, for the most part, has been a play for Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies, for the most part. And that's who is going to be going after this. And supposedly, these couple of deals are, this isn't just U.S., this is a global players, uh, because they're looking at it from not just the U.S. So, you know, you, what, what intrigues me is you go back and look at what happened at 9-11. When the, the towers came down, uh, the Port Authority had 4,000 phone lines in the basement of one of those buildings, and they were told it was going to take months to fix it. And along comes VoIP, Voice Over Internet Protocol. And they said, we'll be up in 48 hours. Mm. And they were. And within months, maybe a couple of years, VoIP was the way to go for Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies. So we'll see. One of the, the uh, bigger questions ahead. I have, and I don't know that we can answer this here with the three of us, but are, are some of these companies actually going to, going to even have people go back? Are they going to start closing down their offices? I know I've heard some are downscaling and, and making it all virtual. And if that's the case, they don't need network lighting control. They don't even need lighting. They're not in the building, right? <laughs> there, there's, there's definitely <laughs> there, there's definitely a pause coming for new construction. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple large jobs that are basically being put on hold because they don't know it's going to happen. Um, and yet you've got, you, you've got some people saying, look, we, we can make this work. Uh, other people are saying, yeah, we really want to have people back in the office. Uh, people are getting zoomed out. They're just getting tired of zoom meetings, you know, zoom, zoom mm-hmm. all the time. So it, they just, they want that interaction with people. So how that's going to work out. If you're paying a hundred dollars a square foot in Manhattan, maybe you have a couple of satellite offices and, um, I'll answer a question for you. Here's my prediction. Okay. So what you're going to see 
is a reduction in the value of commercial and real estate, particularly commercial real estate and uh, residential real estate within dense cities. We'll go like this. Like that. But it won't be an evaporation. It will be like a vacuum sucked up by suburbs and different areas. And those, those will go up in value like this. Right? So, it, you know, um, the good thing about sending people home and like a situation like this is you actually see what's left of your business and you can reformulate it. You also see who's an actual productive worker and who isn't um, when you send them home. And then, uh, but, you know, why not move to Boozman? If you can do it all from home, you know, why not move to uh, White Bear Lake up in Minnesota and, and, and do your work from there? There's a lot of that. And then finally, I mean, what's it going to take for, um, you know, for you, you, you talk about um, worldwide varying degree levels of fear and panic. You go into a store and they tell you that you have to push a cart so that you remain socially distanced from everyone else. You, you know, and then you add into that, that you're going to have a, like a, a thing goes to your phone and, and contract, contact traces you. And then you have, you know, UVC um, uh, air systems cleaning the circulated air. And then you have someone coming through with, with lights um, and all this uh, at night to to uh, disinfect all the things in the space. Um, this is all going to be extremely expensive. And you say the ROI is 30, 333. I think you're right about that. Um, but you're going to see a ton of evaporation of different businesses that can't afford that that model. On the flip side, somebody said recently, you know, isn't it kind of strange that this virus didn't wipe out all the homeless people? They don't social distance. They don't have masks. And yet they're fine. You're going virus and hoax so, with me, Peter Brown? You want to go virus hoax? I mean, <laughs> no, we can go, no, we no, can no, go no, virus no. hoax if you want. I don't, no, I don't no, mind. No. I mean... Uh, Greg, Greg's going to enjoy this. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a hoax. I'm saying that herd mentality maybe has a much bigger play than what some people would want to give i don't know i don't know it's just that's a very interesting question the i you know i think where the vacuum is sucking the most is that the leadership perspective in our countries um i think there's a serious vacuum of leadership there um you know peter here's the thing all right and you know i love the anecdote but it always begs bigger questions like even greg who always brings it back to lighting is saying wait a second there's a bigger question here right and that and that question is um largely uh is largely surrounding economic forces. You know what's interesting about the economy? The most interesting part of it is, is that it's complicated beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. So when when somebody says like, "Oh, we're going to restart the economy." That's like uh the stupidest thing anyone has ever said any ever. What are you talking about restarting the economy? You have no, absolutely no control. They don't even know how a free market economy works. Like you, you have an economist, you sit the guy down, start asking questions, how does it work? He's going to tell you, we don't know how it works. Here's some ideas we can try. We're going to try some Keynesian economics. We're going to, we're going to do some uh, quantitative easing. We're going to reduce interest rates to the lowest possible level. We're going to play all these tricks and see what happens. But the reality is the, the Federal Reserve Chairman 
has no idea how the economy works. Doesn't understand it. Neither does the, the governor of the Bank of Canada or the Bank of England. No, no one understands it. And so when they say they're going to restart an economy, what is that? What are they talking about? What you're going to let people go to markets again? That's what they're saying, right? How do we get people back into the markets, or how do we make new markets? Those are the only questions that that politicians can can actually do, or leaders could do is. Either we go back to the markets we had before where the naked apes all touch one another and sip each other's drinks and, and uh, go in the bathroom and piss on the floor and all the things that happen when you get a bunch of humans into a space and it's disgusting and it's gross and then someone comes at the end of the day and cleans it. And whether we do some circulated air cleaning at the same time, there's no way out of it. Either humans are allowed to be in close contact with one another or they're not. And if they're not, then what kind of markets are you going to set up? How are you going to allow for, for the economy to, to, to do things? Um, so the people, that, you know, the people that are suggesting all these things, look, having UVC air circulation or whatever, sure. You know, shining UVC lights on things, sure. Contract tracing, sure. Sure, 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 sure. But it's all this about uh, how do you get people back with their wallets out of their pocket, spending money at Baskin-Robbins, right? People have to wear masks. Well, at what point do we just say, guess what? The cost of living is dying. You get COVID-19, you might die, you might not. But this cowering in place philosophy is what has to go. And if we don't get the cowering in place philosophy out of the way, um, with all of its ironies, the 333 doesn't mean anything if people don't want to go to markets. True. There. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to, what to say to that, but I mean, from a business perspective, you know, are we going to create the matrix, Greg Eric? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we might be there, but if if we assume they are going back to market, let's go, let's go positive here. There's an opportunity, Peter, is what you're saying right now that we might have in lighting is to take a look at this. People have a little bit of time now to actually analyze and see what they can do to get people back. Because I know a lot of the big companies aren't back yet, and they want to get back. I've talked to a number of people, and that's where all their heads are at. At least the people I've talked to, um, this might be a way, you know, doing something like this and making it their employees feel safe, making people feel safe going there. And network Even lighting controls. Even if it's complete bullshit. <laughs> Put a sticker no, on I'm your window I'm, saying we did I'm, it. No, I'm, I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. Like, I'm 100% serious. Mm -hmm. Like, the reality of it is that, you know, the it's not going to stop people from hugging. It's not going to stop people from having sex. It's not going to stop people from... You know, um, mixing drinks and doing all the things that people do all the time to get each other sick. It's not going to stop that, right? So either we let people into large spaces, we get our 300 back, like you're saying, Peter, you're absolutely right. Like your, 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 your analogy of flipping it is absolutely genius because you need the people back, right? I, I think the the one thing we're learning from this is we have become a very risk adverse society. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we just, I mean, if, if you were to put this into context from, say, 30 or 40 years ago, uh, I think the outcome would be somewhat different as far as where we are today with it. Um, everybody I talk to, because I'm in Arizona, oh, Arizona is really terrible. You know, it's, it's one of the highest states. And I say, yeah, it's great. They say, well, what do you mean it's great? Well, we've got a huge number of cases, but our death count doesn't go up in comparison. And so that's good because that means a lot of people are getting it, but they're not in hospital. They're not dying from it. That's good. It's where we need to go. We need everybody to get some form of it or the majority, and then we're, we're fine. So. Yeah, I mean, we're fine with COVID. Um, I, you know, but I think, I think your, your, the point is well taken that we need people to get back into these spaces. Otherwise, you know, are you never going to go to a basketball game the rest of your life? Um, Greg, Eric? No, yeah, man, we got to get back. And I agree. And I, and I think to your point, Mike, earlier is, is it, it might just be places are going to do this stuff just to make it feel safe, even whether it is or not. UVC lighting or network controls, or we've even talked about sensors in general, just so people don't have to touch the light switches anymore. You know, there's all sorts of different ways you can look at it to make their building feel safe and get people back at it. That's what we need. So um, let me ask you guys, let me ask you two a question. Do you think it will become a code compliance, a fire and safety, whatever, that a building has to have UV light? has to have contact tracing do you see that as a possibility i i think i think a, a procedure policies in place i don't know that they're going to make you do uv lighting you know I, I did a webinar today with a company that's not uv lighting but it's uh the 405 nanometer type cleaning and they said uv lighting's dangerous and mike you talked about that on a recent podcast that we did about you know it can kill people uv lighting can you got to do it properly and there's a lot of people that won't be and aren't already doing it the right way. So I don't know if it'll ever be a requirement. I'm sure there'll be some procedures, policies that people have to do to make sure they maintain the clean environment. But I don't know whether that'll do with lighting or not. You know, um, there's like a, the problem is like what could happen and what should happen in my opinion is that, the politicians should come out and say, okay, um, here is our, what we should have done based on all the information we have about COVID-19. They should do like a, a, like a report and come out and say, you know, we shouldn't have done this. We should have done that. Blah, blah, blah. We shouldn't have quarantined healthy people or taken kids out of school or whatever. The problem is that there's too much entropy. Right, so you have this entropy towards spinning. That's why things are out of control in the CUS right now, because it's like, well, if we were wrong about the ventilators and we were wrong about the quarantine, I'm screwed politically. So I need to double down on these measures in order mm -hmm. that I look like the hero at the end of it. So you have this comp political competition between varying groups, like, and that's a that's the com that's the complete opposite of leadership. Right. So um, if you're if you were a good leader, what you would be doing now, if you were a governor or the president or the prime minister or whatever, you would be saying stuff like, you know, uh, this is what we did right. 
or this is what was effective and this was what was ineffective and we're going to adjust or we're going to change this or we change that. But so many people's careers are prefaced on this lockdown now that they did and perpetuating the fear uh, and the anxiety that if they were to say, like if Fauci or Teresa Tam in Canada, whoever were to come out and say, yeah, uh, hmm, we made a mistake. Uh, what we should have done was increased our space of this type of bed and we should have restricted access to elderly people or whatever, right? If they were to come out and say, we did it wrong, now, now their careers are in jeopardy, right? But, but I think that the person who does it first and who is honest and who um, reckons with the truth and slays the dragon will be extremely popular if they do it right. Um, and other people will begin to follow. But the, you know, and whether that the solution moving forward is that we have contact tracing in malls simply um, to keep a whole bunch of other things at bay as well as viruses, uh, pandemic viruses and anything else that we might need. And we have these UVC lights and we have these four or five nanometers and blah, 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 blah as well that are improve this space and get people back into malls and solve the fear and panic issue that's been created, right? Because like the reality for people is they're scared. And if lighting takes away their fear, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got a beep on my phone that says um, that everyone here is being contract traced. And uh, someone's actually going to do something with the information, which is another belief, right? Uh -huh. um, and the UVC lights are purifying the air and everybody feels better and starts spending money again. I'm all for it. But we need leadership and we need direction. And that has to come from the top. That has to come from, you know, people have to, because the problem with all this, Peter, is either what they did was right and we need more of it or what, what they did was not right but here are some solutions to it. Because if COVID-19 justifies a lockdown of the Western world and people wearing masks when they're shopping and six feet apart and all that, there's no way of solving that problem. Because all you need is COVID-21 and you're right back to where you started again. Mm -hmm. And COVID-21 has developed the resistance to 405 nanometers or whatever, right? I mean, the next thing's going to get you, right? So I, I think the 300 issue is the most pertinent issue we have as a society right now. If lighting can help with that, I'm all for it. But um, I'm not sure if that's the whole solution. What we need is to get Americans and Canadians back into shopping malls and back into weddings and funerals and basketball games and hockey championships and hugging each other and cheering for the other team and high five and uh, flipping cheerleaders and all that sort of stuff. That's what needs to come back. And uh, we got to do it without spraying them all with Agent Orange. Yeah, I mean, if somebody just said, look, we here's what we did based on what we knew. Some of it was right. Some of it was wrong. Now we know more. So we're going to do this and just be honest about it. And that instills a lot of confidence in what you're now going to do. And you go from there. So, yeah. Whew. Peter Brown, thanks for coming on. As always, a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. The original. The original. That's right. Energy focus.
has come out with one of the greatest innovations in the lighting business, the democratization of color tuning, the democratization of the health effects of lighting. You know, Greg, after we, had, we interviewed Dr. Figueroa about um, how we can bring this health effect stuff to the streets, to the people, uh-huh. there is no better way to do this right now in the existing real estate than with energy-focused and focused products. Yeah, and when we talk about bringing it to the streets, it means we're going to bring a realistic price to the streets, and that's yeah. what these are. They're realistic price that people can afford, people will buy, and people will see the, the benefits of it. You know, we talked about color tuning, dimming that it provides in your existing fixture, no rewiring needed, but it's also flicker-free. Not a lot of tubes are flicker-free. You can watch those slow-motion videos and see most of the tubes in the marketplace flickering. They just they just throw that in as part of it. That's the type of company energy focuses. It's like, we're going to do all this stuff. Oh, yeah, by the way, flicker-free, that's, that's covered already. It's not even a thought. We're just doing that. So check those guys out for this product. Yeah, yeah I mean, to me, the, I, I love this kind of thing. I love it when you go to a customer and you can say something like, you ever heard it? You know, listen, the LRC, you know, let's just run a quick program on your computer here. See, this is what the Lighting Research Center says you should do. But you know what's even better? You already have those fixtures right there. And remember when I retrofitted them a couple of years ago? Yeah. All, all you got to do is pop in these ones here. That's it. Easy. Yeah. I can, who's going to install it? Me or you? That's all we need to decide today, folks. Right. Yeah. Right? Do you want me to come have my guys do this for you? I'll take care of the recycling and uh, whatever the old lamp. No. Or are you going to do it? And whatever. That's all we got to figure out, man. I love that kind of a pitch. And you know what? If I go bankrupt and everything goes wrong, you're always going to be able to buy a T8 tube unless everyone dies from a pandemic virus or something. So <laughs> um, other than that, you should be good to go, right? That's right. And that's why, that's why Energy Focus had to be a member of Nailed and why they joined. That's why we, they kicked mm-hmm. the door down. They had to be let in. They had to come and join. You know, the, the, the association that belongs to the streets, the association that belongs to the people, the people that sell the lights to the people that use them, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. If you're not a member, man, you got to join up now. Why? Ellis Evolve coming out. Woo! That's going to be a sexy education pro- program, buddy. That's right. I said the S word. It is going to be amazing. Trust me. I know. And we thank the board of directors for you know, helping us put all that together. And of course, Peter Brown, you know, man, that's some serious stuff. That was some philosophy right there. Forget about three, forget about 30. How do we get the 300 back? Everybody assumed from the beginning that they'd always be there, but now they're gone. Where do you go? They get them. So Peter Brown, always with a good thought deep thought so thanks to peter for that the most thanks of all the thanks of all the thanks and thanks and thanks is guess what um we found out that our listeners listen to 99 percent of this show or something like that so i know you're still out there some ridiculously high number so that means the people that download this podcast listen to it and i, I got lots of love for you i know greg does too and i i can promise you so does peter brown and james too at energy focus for that matter so thank you the listener Bye for now. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.